Wonder Woman was filming just down the street from me today. Really? Yeah. As in, wait, as in the Wonder Woman movie or TV series or, or what? The Wonder Woman movie, the Gal Gadot standalone movie. Oh, cool, oh, cool. That. Yes. It's very confusing, though, because, like, Chris Pine has said it's set in World War One, and a bunch of extras have said it's a World War One setting. Yeah. But they had, like, Nazis and Spitfires. And I'm like, those are not from World War One. Are you sure it wasn't just a bunch of Nazis in London? That's always a possibility, but the yeah. Spitfire was a bit unusual. That, yeah, that's true. Okay, so I've got a recording going. Let's let's try this again, and maybe we can avoid the casual xenophobia this time. Maybe not. All right. Hey. Hello. <laughs> hey, and welcome to World One Stage One. I'm Simon, and joining me, as ever, are Rob. Hello. And Jack. Damn Swiss. <laughs> and despite this being a week later, Irish is still on... His birthday, not holiday. Oh, he's on holiday. He's on holiday. What's having a he birthday. doing on his holiday, Simon? He's celebrating his birthday on his holiday. How is he celebrating? I don't know. You tell me. We're not going We're to. We're not this going episode. to. Because, <laughs> oh. You know what? That was actually hilarious what we said the last time. <laughs> yeah, it was. And li- people listening to this have moderately no offensive, idea. but well, yeah, quite so funny. It's the first time we're recording this episode two of yes. Att- Attack of the Bloopers. Yes. Yeah. We, we absolutely haven't done this before. Yeah. Someone didn't forget to start the recording for the second half or anything. Damn it, Georgia. So, yes, we were just saying, before we were so rudely interrupted by me realising I hadn't pressed record, that yeah. we wanted to talk about some of the set pieces uh, that went throughout this film before we get on to the ending proper. And, and a little bit of the expanded universe of, this, uh, of what's gone down in the 30 years since Return Ooh, yes. of the Jedi. Uh, because I wanted to immediately start talking about Maz Katana. And her, uh, can, Kanata, I Kanata, can't say her Kanata. name. Maz. Maz I Kanata. didn't fuck it up the same way I fucked it up last time. <laughs> you found a brand new way to fuck it up. And the thing is, I was looking through the book to try and find her, and I couldn't find her, so I just gave up. So it's just, oh God, Give what's happening? No, 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 I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it. But yes, yes um, Lupita this- Nyong'o's character, better known to World 1 Stage 1 listeners as the Little Goggles fella, <laughs> who runs this pirate's den that is... Uh, very reminiscent of the cantina from New Hope. It's full of interesting-looking aliens and interesting-looking beverages and games and, and droids, which is the difference. Mm. Uh, and it is that classically alive and populated alien world of Star Wars, which I really enjoy. I think in our defense of assuming it was a little goggles fella, like, assuming that a character in Star Wars is male... Yeah, that's usually, usually safe. Yeah, that's, that's very true, yeah. But I love that she is this thousand-year-old pirate, or possibly more. She's just been running this place for a thousand years. Who uh, who fancies Chewie and clearly intimidates him so much he does not want to be there, which is kind of cute. Who doesn't fancy Chewie? Well, yeah, he got me there. Yeah, I like that Wookie. 
Where's my boyfriend? <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, you were talking about one of the shots in that scene, Rob, before we decided we had to start again and actually record it. No, it's good. And, and uh, I just want to say nice, good catch, Simon. You know, are we recording good, now? Good work. We are recording now, yes, no, I no, promise. No, I'm being genuine, just well done, because yeah. we, we lost... <laughs> tragically lost things in the past yep. oh yes um, but yeah so so um yeah like 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 just like you were saying simon this is this this cantina this den of uh scum and villainy has got all manner it's of really different scum it's not actually that bad i mean well, there's, there's some scum yeah there's well, it's full scum. of spies yeah full of spies um, both sides of the yeah conflict. which i love um but yeah there's that droid that looks directly into the camera and it's, it looks really quizzical and strange and but then as i was saying um there is like a four second shot and it it doesn't really serve any purpose other than utter, the utter joy that i that i felt on watching it and pb8 sort of does this weird kind of rolly dance and then sort of sidles off screen and uh yeah just just little elements to show that he was obviously enjoying himself yeah. There. A droid friendly place. <laughs> this is the thing is, like, I love some of the, the, the body language of BB 8. Like early on in the film, with the, the conversation where Finn is trying to get BB 8 to say where the um, <laughs> resistance location is. And it's the, it's the, the double, triple, quadruple, quintuple take that BB 8 does between Ray and Finn. And just the. <laughs> yip, yip, yip. Okay, it's this place. Um. Yeah, and and also when when Ray's desperately trying to tell Finn which tool she needs. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she's like, that one. No, that one. That, the one right in front of you. And BPA is literally next to it and just flings his head down like so it's like pointing directly at <laughs> the tool. Um and then obviously let's not forget the joyful the joy of when <laughs> Finn goes when, when BB8 decides, yes. BB-8 will go along with what Finn is saying. And, Droid, please. And, and says, Droid, please. <laughs> um, Probably my favorite line in the film. It's great. Um, and uh, goes along with it. And then Finn gives BB-8 the thumbs up. And BB-8 returns the gesture by flipping well, out his he returns up. a gesture, but it's very hard to tell if it's a thumbs up or a middle finger. <laughs> oh, or a threat. Either way, I just love how he sort of just rocks to the side. And <laughs> it just comes out of the side and goes, Psh. oh my goodness me. I didn't really like that shot. Oh my goodness me! I adored it. Yeah, um, I liked I liked the double, quintuple, triple, whatever take. Not not so much the lighter thing. But Maskinata's temple. That's what castle. We, castle. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's got temple. It looks kind of temple-y, doesn't it's it? Force cave. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the strange thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, we have this uh, this this uh, scene vibrant with energy, and we get a bit of exposition. We uh, we have Maz explain that she she too, like uh, Snoke, has proclaimed to have seen uh, all enemies come and go. First, it was the Sith, then it was the Empire, and now it is the First. Well, she doesn't Order. say First Sith. She says the Sith, the Empire. Yeah, and now it's, it was the Sith. Now it's the Empire. So mm. she presumably may have been around for whatever was before the Sith. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. It's all sort of a bit touch and go now because of the state of canon. At the the state of canon, yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, you never know. But it's right. The films, the films are the ones that set the precedent. So. Yeah, but they haven't set any precedent for pre 
prequels. That's true. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so so we have we have that, and uh, we we also discover, like you say, this place is full of spies. And uh, in fact, you know, that that scene actually reminded me quite a lot of Indiana Jones for some reason. In fact, you know, the, all the double crosses, that yeah. kind of thing. There's there's rebel. So there's a uh, resistance spies, and there's uh, first. First order spies, yeah. and they're all looking for the same people. I, I'd like to see a comic book series that's essentially spy versus spy, but in like <laughs> Az's castle. Yeah, that would be cute. That also, Maz's castle on the outside has all these banners, mm. which is where we drop a great bit of fan service. Actually, one of my favourite little nods in this film is amongst all the banners. There's obviously there's Boba Fett's sigil yeah. is up there, and there's um. Uh, amongst the various others, there's the 501st Imperial Legion. Yes. Which is a group of very dedicated cosplayers uh, who do Stormtrooper armor primarily, but do they, they have sort of very codified uh, standards, if you want to join the 501st, of what goes into each of the characters they portray. And they, they have loads. Uh, you know, there's Kylo Ren instructions already, and Vader, and the Emperor, and Boba Fett, and Zam Vessel is in there as well, actually. And, mm. uh, but they are really, really dedicated to the point that the official canon has accepted their design of Stormtrooper armor for the Rebellion era over the stuff that was actually used in the film, because it's better. Uh, specifically because the troopers can bend their legs and climb stairs, which they couldn't in the original armor design. And they actually write that, yeah, and uh, uh, the, the book that I have is that there's actually, um, there's actually story reasons as to why they have that, that in their armor now and stuff. It's, uh, it's really excellent. Again, going along with the First Order, basically trying to improve what they have to, to its best effect. Um, but obviously, they need the actors to be able to walk. <laughs> yes, it helps. It helps and run and 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 do stairs and things and um, run away and run away or, or walk quickly away from a temper tantrum mm, or advance uh, menacingly. Menacingly, Ooh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like, oh, I like yours as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah no, I like that. Um, uh, so yeah, we we spend a bit of time there, but um, uh, we, yeah, so we find out a few things, but then we hear, well, we see, we see Finn. Opting to to go, he begs. He begs Ray just to just to. He hands over. Yeah, he's like, we need to go. Like I've seen what the first order are capable of. He's still running away. He's at this so point. so worried and so scared. And now that he he, he does, he's all, even after such. A, the great thing about this film is that the characters though they do spend a brief amount of time with each other at the beginning because of the intensity of how they meet like Finn and Poe uh, they, they have a camaraderie almost immediately and that, that's something that I really like about these films um, yes they so, have a, a camaraderie a, a totally het bro thing going on there it's great isn't it it is great um, bite slower lip <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so he, he's like you need to come with me because i know the first order and the first order will kill everyone uh and ray's like no we need to get bb8 back to the resistance come on and he's like no nah, none of that shit uh <laughs> and uh, he's out of there um now uh you know ray says oh please don't go but then he goes um and ray's left standing there and all of a sudden she she hears the you know the sound of a, a girl crying down a corridor, a familiar voice almost, and she walks down this corridor. And BB-8 sort of follows tentatively after. I love BB-8 just going to find. Kafunk. Kafunk. 
Kafunk. And it's like the the first time I watched this movie, I was so distracted by BB-8 in the background, just kafunking down the stairs ever so carefully, that I'd completely missed the context of what was happening in the movie until Zoe just leaned to me and whispered excitedly, "Fucking vision caves." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she finds herself being drawn down this corridor now underneath the castle um, to uh, a sort of dimly lit room. And uh, in this dusty light, you can see this old box, an old box that looks quite a lot like a box we've seen before. Well, not exactly, but it reminded me of the... Yeah, I've seen a box like that before. (laughs) Does it Um, remind you of Obi-Wan's box in which he kept Anakin's lightsaber? Very much so. And uh, she opens it, and yes, inside there is the beautiful... The youngling slayer. The youngling slayer. (laughs) Youngling's bane. (laughs) Babe's bane. Child tears. (laughs) Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What, what are, are we, we going, going to, to do, do? <laughs> Blade? The auto cube. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh my goodness me. The punter. <laughs> Child punter. There we go. A, a very familiar lightsaber, let's just say that. Uh, and, toddler taker. And, um. <laughs> Ray Toddler taker? Sorry, I think that's, that's my oh, best one. That's, that's that there. It's the take. Yeah. And it's blue, so they think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so, so Ray, oh, fuck it out. Ray, Ray um, picks up the saber and whoom, uh, and she all of a sudden is um, standing in a very familiar location. Uh, I was hearing all the echoes of all those different voices and all different that. Different voices. Yoda, did they, I, I forget. Including Ewan McGregor. Mm. Yes. Obi-Wan Kenobi, who gives new lines of dialogue. Ooh. These are your first steps, Ray. Really? Yeah. Oh, Ewan McGregor. So admittedly, you know, I'm like all about oh, the prequels, but I mean, end of the day, it's Ewan McGregor. And this Ewan McGregor was amazing as a younger Obi Wan. Yes, he was, and we've we've said it before, but yeah. Um, so right, you, you have all who, these. As someone who quite likes the prequels, I will also say yes. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, and um, yeah, well, you hear Yoda. You you hear. Um, uh, Luke screaming, no. Yoda telling us that the force penetrates us, and he tells uh, it over and over and over again. Yoda going, penetrates, penetrates, penetrates. Like, I feel kind of dirty now. <laughs> as dirty as the Dagobah swamps. <laughs> and then suddenly um, like, that, that gift set of just that looped image of Yoda on Luke's back. <laughs> <laughs> just, just stroking his shoulder and Luke closes his eyes. You want to become a Jedi, don't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm still looking forward to the scene where Luke is sitting in Ray's backpack. Going, look, this is the only way I know how to teach it. This is no, this is what I'm looking forward to <laughs> is is because every single like Empire and New Hope both had this, which is the 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 young Padawan goes and finds the old Jedi Master, and the old Jedi Master's first thing is to go, Oh yeah, I know that guy that you're looking for. I'll take you to go find him. It's not far. And it's it's it Obi-Wan did it. Oh I know Obi-Wan. And then later on he's me like five minutes later like yeah. what did that add and then Yoda's like yes I'll take you to go see Yoda he's not far 
And then he doesn't really say it, it's me. He just sort of Luke kind of figures it out from the conversation. I have um, a feeling Luke kind of gives himself away. I yeah. think Ray knows who he is. I really hope, but I really hope the next, the first line of dialogue he gets in the next film is just saying, don't worry, I'll go take you to see Luke. He's not far. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to do this myself. I'm, I'm sorry, we have, we have to do, there are certain rules. <laughs> in, the, in the same way that like, you know, it's just, it, there's that post of just Luke going, uh, okay, my Padawan has betrayed me and, and, and turned to the dark side. Right. What to do? What to do? What would, what would Master Obi-Wan and Yoda do? Exile! Got it! <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I mean to talk about that in particular, and I, I think that's something... Is that, that the thing I, we have different views on, that thing? Um, I don't know, but... Um, uh, probably. Yes. But also uh, conflicting feelings about it mm. but not not whether it's good or bad in the <laughs> film but i mean conflicting as in it's made me question something okay that i hold very dear in Ooh. star wars oh no so yeah oh. it's it's mm. but, but that's what makes this so fucking interesting to yes. me and i love it but yes. anyway yes. so yes. oh yes, ray yeah so ray ray obviously has this force vision and uh uh it's is there, it is pretty traumatic and they're screaming and she she sees herself as a young girl uh watching um uh, a starship take flight leaving her on jakku she it sees a hell of a lot like an imperial landing craft actually ah, it I, I, no, no i remember you saying this simon when i so i looked out for it when i went back and you know what it's not it's, it's a, not it's a rebel uh it's a rebel ship specifically yeah it's oh, is uh, it? it's one of the rebel ships that is leaving it's one of the same makes of rebel ship that is leaving hoth at the beginning of empire when the ATS. Ah. oh, oh, oh i don't think and it I, is and i recognize it quite a bit because i only play walker assault on um on battlefield oh, and, that's and it's the, the same goddamn ship oh, it's that it? rounded top was it? sort of the, the uh, wings. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the one that looks like it has a shell. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. Um, oh, okay. I didn't think it was that, but all right, fair enough. But she sees that taking flight, abandoning those things. Are huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she, I she, it's um, smaller maker. It is yeah, kind of yeah. Shape. And she, she, she sees the Knights of Ren standing there in the rain. Kylo Ren with his uh, crimson blade hissing in the rain. Um, when when Ren has the mask on and the hood up, he looks like a badass. For some oh. reason, when the hood comes down, that mask just looks stupid to me. Oh, I no, I, 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 I don't think so. I it, think it, it makes it look like... Do you remember the, 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 the Kabaz, the, the, the spy from New Hope? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. He looks like him when he's not got the hood. Oh, no, I don't weird, think so. Because Kabaz had a hood. But you know what yeah, I mean? I know like what you mean. stupid mask. Oh, I, I agree. I do like prefer him with the hood up. But... And, and don't even get me started on when he's got the fucking mask off. No, well, we are going to get there at some yeah. point. But anyway, th- she has this very traumatic force vision and... You know, Maz comes along afterwards and, and, and starts telling her about the Force, and it's this, uh, you know, she is no Jedi, but she does know the Force. Uh, you have to trust in it. You have to, um, you know, just let it in. And Ray's like, fuck that shit. That was weird. And fucking runs yeah. and, and totally rejects it. Yeah. It's like, nope. Then Finn very awkwardly... <laughs> Grasps the lightsaber like it doesn't belong to him. Do you get the sense that she was like, no, that was weird and I'm not going to touch that? Or did that strike you as being a lot more ingrained in her? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not touching a lightsaber. And oh, I'm not going Mm. down that path. Those voices in my head that only I heard when I was alone on Jakku. Yeah. 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 There's a lot more to it than just that was a weird vision. No, I, I have a theory that she's had training and it's been repressed. Yeah, because she does. She, I mean, I don't know if she's just trying to. I don't know if she's trying to out Finn Finn in the sense of like lying about the past and all that. Because she she does start off with saying, "I thought the Jedi were myths. I thought I thought Luke Skywalker was a myth." And then you have her vision. You're like, 
but you saw all this shit. How would you think? I'm really confused. Yeah, I suppose. So it, it, either she is suppressing something or she's lying. Or which, for me, that's when she's being interrogated by Curlo Wren. That, for me, is the moment her repression breaks down. Uh, yeah, which is why I think she suddenly knows how to do certain things because, as you say, she claims to have believed that the Jedi were a myth and yeah. that the Force was a myth, but she knows how to do a mind trick. Um, and I don't knows, think that's just... She remembers how to do a mind trick. Yeah. Exactly. To me, it, I think the exact moment is, I feel it too. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I think we may have stumbled on, or rather, you, you might maybe think about a good moment in Star Wars uh, The Force Awakens there. Kudos. Yeah. And also that, that she can pull the name, not just the image, but the name Darth Vader. Yep. Mm. For me, I, I feel that's when a wall inside her breaks down and she remembers something, some training. I don't know from who, I don't know whether it's Jedi training or just Force training, and that's why her first instinct is to try a mind trick. Something has come back to her, and from that awakened. moment on, she's much more... Yeah, it is the awakening, Yeah, and she's oh, much more aware of sad. the Force and begins to use it and channel it. And she's a friggin... Well, I was say she's a friggin' natural, but like, we know presumably that she's had some training before, that she's now rem- remembering... Yep, that's uh, my theory. Yeah, that's what I, that, that works. That's what I would have assumed anyway. But it's actually added up in the sense of a repressed memory. Because I was like, something doesn't quite add up, and that was a sort of missing piece there. We may be entirely wrong. We could I, be entirely wrong. Going back to what I was saying last episode, you know, I think there's way too much coincidence in her abandonment. She was abandoned near a friend of Leia's with the Millennium Falcon to hand. I, I think she was prepared for her exile. Someone just buried that memory because if she doesn't know she's force sensitive, she can't give herself away. Yeah, and it was you know to protect her from herself, kind of a thing. Yeah. Um. So she she runs and like I say, Finn Finn awkwardly takes the lightsaber. Um. And it is actually really awkwardly how he grasps onto it. Because it's like uh, it's really, a laser sword that could instantly cut my own face if I held it the wrong way. I don't want any part of this. But they take it in a hurry because yeah. there is a blast. And um, as Finn, uh, sorry, as Ray is pacing it into the woods, she looks up to see that the First Order have finally caught up with them. Okay. Thanks to the spies, all those fucking spies. Uh, so uh, Ray legs it into the, into the woods, as you would. Yeah. BB-8's following. Um, <laughs> and uh, thus begins a fucking awesome fight, in my opinion. A really cool sort of skirmishy battle from the, uh, as the First Order strike. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the, the Maz's temple map being added to Battlefront, is all I'm going to say. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. Complete with X-Wings and TIE Fighters blasting overhead and yeah. everything. I mean, it won't um, be much for Walker Assault, but it'll be a hell of a fun team versus team match. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A bit of, bit of supremacy on the go, perhaps. So I like supremacy. Yeah. Supremacy oh, supremacy's cool. good. Um, but yeah, so, so, so Ray runs off into the forest, and, um, uh, and Finn, Han, Solo, and Chewbacca uh, go about making their way through uh, the, the ruins of the, uh, uh, of, of the, 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 the castle, uh, like just fighting stormtroopers and it's awesome um until finn turns about as a voice screams traitor 
lovingly now known as uh, TR Atar. Which is wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. It is he's wrong. He's nines. Yes, he's nines. We know a lot more about him from the novel. We do, apparently mm. so. Um, he was really annoyed. AKA with the other Boba Fett character. <laughs> And uh, I, I really liked him. What, what, okay, I'm interested it's because not, it's not that I dislike the character. I've got no, nothing. Well, against no, the we character. don't really know anything about it. Exactly. What's fucking right? Again, just going by the film, right? Yeah. I, I see. Well, no, I don't. I don't really know much about Nines other than he's called Nines. Yeah. Okay. Right. I didn't even know that. Okay. okay. I'll tell you why he's called Nines and why he's important because this is. It's something, my biggest complaint with this film is there's great stuff in the novel that wasn't used. Right. And you could have put this in in an early scene to sort of establish Finn. Right. Finn, or as we know, FN, I can't remember his number, but. 2187. He was, uh, all stormtroopers in the First Order are sort of raised in squads, trained together. So they are integrated very early on and they, they learn teamwork and cooperation and trust. And Nines was a member of Finn's unit. And the thing with Finn is he excelled at all the tests. He was like top of the class, teacher's pet kind of a thing. But he never really fit in with the rest of them. They all gave each other nicknames. And Nines, because the last two digits of his uh, ID number were 99, was called Nines. This is a tradition amongst the young stormtroopers. In the squad, you give each other nicknames based on your designation. Yeah. Which is why Finn is so elated when Poe goes, FN, huh? I'm going to call you Finn. Because that's exactly what he hasn't gotten from his closest family in his life. Mm. Yeah. So Nines was raised with this guy. Nine is the closest thing he's got to a childhood friend within the Stormtrooper camaraderie. That's why that cry of traitor is so heartfelt. He was, Finn was the best. They may not have liked him, but they respected the shit out of him. And now suddenly there he is with the resistance, the enemy. It's yeah. a very emotional scene. You just, you'd never know it from the film. But that's exactly. the thing. But no. You'd never know it from the film. And this, this is my point, which is, you just look at the film and it's just a guy who goes, traitor, and then they have the fight with the force pike and the, 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 uh, sorry, the force baton thing and the lightsaber. Mm. And then he gets blasted. Yeah, but... Right? And the fuck, and I was looking at this going, you know what, looking at this film going, you know what, Phasmo, I would assume, would be the Boba Fett of this thing. And you know what, I don't dislike it. If, if like, there's a big fan outcry of saying we want more Phasma, I'm totally going to get behind that. That's brilliant. And in the last couple of weeks, I've just watched as the fucking fan outcry for we want it, and they call him, you know, the TR8R thing. And the, the fact that you can tell that they're calling him TR-8 means they don't really give a shit about the sort of the novelization and all that. They literally are just going by that five-second bit in the film that he's in. And it's just, we want this guy to have more of a film. This guy's the best character. This guy, this sort of weird cult of traitor. And it's building up and up. And I'm like, what the f- It's Boba Fett all fucking over no, again. This is, the, this is the thing. This is, uh, and while I, while I really like, and I've always liked the cool little stories that are in the background of Star Wars, mm. if you think about it, at the end of the day, that, that little uh, element of story there doesn't quite serve the needs of what, that, what was going on in that film at that time. Really. Okay. Um, now, I, I, I think Star Wars, like a lot of other franchises, have these characters that sort of pop up and people just fall in love with them just because of a certain moment. Yeah. And I think it was just really cool that there was just this stormtrooper 
And come on, he stands there, he throws his rifle away and he throws that shield away. And he's just like, come on then. <laughs> he sort of goes, come at me, brah. And they have a wicked fight. I don't see what the problem is. I, it's Again, it's literally just, it's, it's the cult of Boba Fett all over again. But what's but, wrong with I the mean, cult of Boba Fett? What you're doing here is judging Undertale based on the memes you see on Tumblr. It's the same thing. It's your complaint isn't in the movie. Your complaint is the fan reaction to the that's, movie. That's what I mean. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not complaining about the movie in this instance. I am complaining about the fan base in, or at least that section of the fan base. But why? They like the character. That's and that's fine. But just the fucking depths that they're going to. But so what? It's but there's always going to be fan fiction. There's always going to be stories about them, isn't there? Like it's great. I, I think it's. I and you know. That guy, that that stormtrooper probably isn't going to be in any of the, the other well, Star Wars because he got obliterated. <laughs> but it's so that it doesn't matter, you know. It was just a bit of people sort of like talking about him. And yes, there is the uh, the official story behind him: how he was nines, how yeah. you know he was raised with Finn. So that's another cool thing too. I don't think the Boba Fett thing is a bad thing. I do. I fucking hate Boba Fett and the cult they're in. Why? <laughs> Just because he was a shit character, he wasn't even a character. He, said, of course, but that, but that's the point. People, people like the mystery behind it, don't they? And people don't have to like something because it's a character. I, I like the Falcon. The Falcon isn't a character. I well, it, it is, but it, oh, the Falcon may be a poor example. I love Y wings. Y wings are not characters. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, you can have things that are just they look cool and they do something cool, and that's enough. To me, yeah. that's fine. Okay, but you wouldn't. I mean, although Simon, lack of Y wings. There was a lack of Y wings and A wings. Well, they've got a trilogy. They do. <laughs> we got not, X. Not we a big X. deal. We we got the amazing and we got X wings. Tie fighters. We didn't get. Any, did we get any interceptors or bombers? We had, no. the thing is we have no. really cool. We just two, have fighters and we actually do have two different tie fighters in that film. Uh, the difference is really, really slim. There's a special forces TIE fighter that actually have these cogs within the inner uh, part of the, uh, the the wing, okay. the solar wing or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have increased maneuverability and weapons modifications um, for the really hardcore bunch. They're the ones that follow uh, the Falcon through the, uh, the Star Destroyer. Which, um, as we're talking about set pieces... Oh my that goodness. chase sequence that was pretty cool on the edge of Beautiful. my seat and oh I wouldn't go goodness. that far but it was pretty cool I, I, well yeah. I no, mean I was more I was more invested than you yeah. I, that's, and that's fair enough but Absolutely. like um, it, yes and I love that Finn makes the reference that he just she, she uh, Ray complains about something from the cockpit and then Finn just responds by you want to try sitting in this thing as he's sort of being swung about in this ridiculous chair <laughs> like I love it so much um and the fact that it, it layered tension so wonderfully to the fact that the the gun got jammed and it was stuck in one place and that it was almost kind of a um uh like a synergy that they both had at one point which i i thought was pretty cool letting the falcon go into sort of a a cack-ended free-fall uh, just so Finn can get that shot, you know. Hmm. Um, and there was a beautiful moment after it when they're celebrating and they both ask each other, you know, how did you do that? And they both answer, uh, both answer, I don't know. 
AIDS. Mm. It, it was a wonderful little moment. Because, like, this is again, it's another little thing hinting at Ray's um, backstories that we've seen her pilot a, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like a little hover bike thing. Yeah, speeder bike. Speed, it is like a speeder, but it's, it's but nowhere a near fast as, speeder bike. It's a very pragmatic yeah. speeder bike. Yeah. Um, it's a very practical one. But, you know, we've got no indication as to how she would know how to pilot something like the Millennium Falcon. No. Um, well, it's been, I mean, he did immediately get a kind of a crash course in how to fire a, a, a ship-based blaster. <laughs> yes, he but, did. And he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, at least that's some sort of experience that was shown on screen. So with Ray, it's like, oh, there's something. There's definitely... Well, I mean, it's... In the Star Wars universe, there are certain things that are fairly common that would be thought to be rare otherwise. Everyone seems to be casually multilingual. Yes. Like, languages are very easy to learn in the Star Wars universe. And every fucker seems to be a pilot. She's grown up on a planet where there are there is a whole junkyard of ships, and yeah, maybe she just, because she liked the idea of it, helped out Untarplect, or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. um, by moving ships around when need be. Makes sense. You know, She's got a lot of knowledge of the ships, you know, in terms of, like, fuel pumps and things. She's clearly tinkered around with them. But a mechanic is not necessarily a pilot. No. Uh, But being a pilot is fairly casual. Luke was just a whiny farm boy from Tatooine, and he was a pilot. You know, it's... Piloting abilities... Piloting abilities don't seem hard to come by in Star Wars. Yeah. Okay, fair point. Also, in, actually, in terms of speaking, uh, the linguistics thing, that's quite an interesting point, is that Finn is like the only character I've seen so far who straight up does not understand binary or Shirawa. And he comes from... No. Um, people who hate aliens. Yeah. No one understands binary uh, originally. A lot of people react to R2's tone and get used to him and get a sense of it. But Luke had the little readout thing, didn't he, whenever he R2 did. Yeah. Luke, R2 requires translation, even in this film. BB-8 does not. BB-8 speaks a different dialect. It's an evolved dialect. I, I theorise that there's a sort of simplified pidgin binary mm. so that pilots can communicate directly with astromechs now. BB-8's kind of got this weird little, little, uh, lilting sort of like a rather than like R2 sort of beeps and, and whistles yeah. and stuff. Because yeah, Poe and Ray can outright understand BB-8. No one else can. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and no one can understand R2. So it, it is slightly differentiated. And in the novel, it makes it clear the scene where BB is trying to wake R2 up. Because, you know, he says a couple of different things before bumping into him. Yeah. Uh, it's specified in the novel that BB was trying to speak to R2 in a couple of different astromech dialects uh... and then got frustrated and just went bump. Because R2 was sitting there going, no, nope, I'm not moving until Han Solo is dead. Because <laughs> R2D2 is the biggest fucking villain in this film. That's, That's not it. it. No, it's not. And there, there are several theories the about why R2 wakes up. I know why. I know why he wakes up. Uh, well, no, I'm convinced because he bloody well feels. You're like convinced, it. but there are a few theories. He's no, no, no. He's a little shit. That's why he's a little shit. He's a little bleep blooping shit. Is no, he is. I know. Sorry, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know fully, but I, I my, I, I'm, I'm very, very confident in my, my, my thoughts. <laughs> but there we go. Um, but anyway, so that, that, so where, where were we even? Um, castle. Okay. Yep. So there's that, a fight. There's a fight. Skirmish. Skirmish, um, and um, whilst uh, the others are, you know, in a desperate battle against the First Order, uh, Ray is being chased into the forest by 
um, the monster in the woods. The fucking monster in the woods. Yes. Um, and can I just say how friggin' awesome he looks when he just just suddenly appears, lightsaber in hand, and is just casually, coldly deflecting each bolt as he moves closer and closer. Um, uses his signature move of freezing her to the spot. So is it true? You're just a scavenger. <laughs> Such contempt in his voice. Well, not even contempt, just like, you know, nothing. A complete detachment from anything. Um, and he puts the lightsaber right up close in, in the camera. Oh my God. The lightsabers they're using this, they've never done this before in any Star Wars film. The first time the lightsabers themselves are um, actually not entirely true. Original lightsabers were spinning, had spinning things on them so that when certain lights were shone upon them, it always looked like they were on. Yeah. So it was easier with rotoscoping. Now, because rotoscoping, you can do it on, you know, for a YouTube video. Yeah. Um, that isn't so much of an issue. So now they, they have lightsabers, that, the prop lightsabers that actually light up like the Force FX ones, but throw so much of that light onto the actor that they look so great. They look so atmospheric. Um, but anyway, so um, Kylo Ren takes Rey yeah. uh, aboard because he feels that she is the key to, you know, unraveling this whole business about the map or whatever. So they don't need the map. She's got the map in her head. She's seen it. Exactly. And he's like, got it. Job done. Yep. Finn, the look on Finn's face when he realizes, oh, holy shit, I dropped my guard. I said I was going to run away and now uh, my friend's in trouble. And she's been taken by the first And he order. runs, and he runs, uh, but it's too late, and they're gone. Uh, and all looks lost. The stormtroopers have, have, have them surrounded, and then, fucking hell, that music just revs up. John Williams back in the house, baby, as the resistance <laughs> fucking soar over the lake. I like, I like this image of John Williams sitting back in his chair and saying that. And he's yeah, he's in, in the house as well. And the X-Wings, oh, this they lock their, <laughs> they lock their X-Boils in attack position and they engage. And my God, it's John Willie Stars. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, you get that wicked kind of like impact of the ties and the X-Wings locking in combat. And you see, uh, and as you quite rightly said, Simon, from the, uh, the advertising of the, uh, and us seeing this black uh, X-Wing, you can see Poe Dameron all the time. You know exactly where he is, so you can follow yep. Arrow in the in the space battles, um, uh, or rather in just the the dog fights mm. rather. Um, and you have that amazing kind of roundabout shot of Finn moving his way through this battlefield. So you have both the ground battle and the air battle in one continuous shot as he, you know, what lightsaber in one hand, blaster in the other, which is you know Kyle Katarn levels of badassery okay um and uh, as the x-wings uh poe darren in particular is just mowing through them mowing and again it's one of my it's one of my gropes that isn't like it isn't like a major criticism of the film so much as like, eh, i probably would have done this slightly different is the, the suddenly it's just like and there's poe it's like as far as we i mean obviously we didn't think he was dead because yeah it still wasn't we didn't see a body you know um <laughs> We, we knew he was still alive, but it was suddenly just like, okay, up until now, we've been led to believe, so shall we say, he's dead. Mm. And it's just like, and there's Poe fighting the, the, the X-Men. It's like, eh. Leading the cavalry charge, saving yeah. everyone. It's, I, <laughs> I, I disagree, because I, I think it's a brilliant reintroduction of him. It's, 
here come the cavalry. And who's leading the charge? It's Poe. You don't hold off that reveal. But I don't know. I probably, I think it would have been better if they hadn't. You can still keep in um, Finn's line as he's looking at it all going on and saying, that's one hell that's of a pilot. That's one hell of a pilot. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. Right? Absolutely. Oh it's God. Here. I'm not going to say anything oh, wrong about it. so cool. And then have the reveal when, when after the battle's over and, and the, the, the X-Wings land and the cockpit comes up and, and Poe jumps down. Have that as your reveal. My problem with that is you, you take the best pilot in the Resistance and you never see him in a cockpit. Unless you, I mean, you're sort of looking at, unless you see him as being him and the X-Wing as, as one unit, like that's still him flying around doing all that stuff. But you don't see him in the cockpit of an X-Wing. If you do it that way, you never see him in his element. <laughs> and that would be my problem with I know, that. you do see him towards the end of the film. And the, the assault on... on oh, that's true. That's true. It, I mean, it's literally... It's just a... It's, again, just a tasting. It's just a, just a, 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 an opinion thing of just saying, oh, that's how I would have done it. Plus, also, that is exactly how it would work in some sort of wartime romance film, which, let's face it, that goddamn <laughs> scene is. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Oh, just Jesus Christ. But for Finn, that is the reveal. You know, that is still his perception of exactly. it. Exactly. I just felt it would have been, I mean, again, personal taste and all that, but I just felt it would have been a little bit better if, we, if that reveal had come as Finn's reveal and ours at the same time. I mean, literally, we already know it's Poe. We already know he's still alive. That's one hell of a pilot. Even if you hadn't seen it, you're like, okay, yeah, it's definitely Poe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. That's definitely Poe. So yeah. what is to be gained by not showing him in the co- in the pilot seat running that assault? I don't know. It's, it just sits with me wrong. It just, it just feels somewhat anticlimactic. It just feels like they could have done a, a bigger thing of, of the reveal. I, uh, I, 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 I got chills when... And, and the thing is, like, what makes me so happy about these films because these are new characters, yet the, the feeling I felt when it was Poe Dameron I was like, I'm, I'm already in awe of this guy. I've known this guy for like 20 minutes on screen. Probably yeah, even less. Or, probably that, even yeah. less. And I, already I'm like, it's Poe and Aaron, and yeah, he's the best goddamn pilot in the galaxy. Um, and now we see... And it's not even and it's not even that we're being told that he's the best pilot in the galaxy. We're seeing it in oh goddamn action. God. <laughs> um, but yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. If that's you know, it's not, it's not like a criticism of the film. It's just like a, oh, this is probably how I would have done it, and, and okay. like you know, that's fair. Yeah, but mostly it's just so there's more of an impact on that scene of them and the slow run and the field of flowers. Although I may have just overlaid that onto the actual scene, um, <laughs> and the leather jacket and the keep it. It looks yeah, it's good. CT and the the lip bite and the oh, you know what I'm just a fucking puddle right now <laughs> I'm a mess you are not the only one I, but um it's basically canon basically it is blasphemy well, canon we've nothing, is. nothing to say otherwise yeah absolutely so there we go um, I may just hold off on watching episode 8 just so I can keep my little bubble <laughs> <laughs> um well so yeah the, the um the the first order is driven off however unfortunately their their main aim here has kind of been successfully fulfilled and kylo has got what he's well kind kylo's of. main aim has been achieved it's made fairly clear in this film that kylo's aims and general hux's aims are not always the same thing hux is always cleaning up after kylo's messes because some motherfucker's always going to be trying to ice skate uphill if your men continue to show so it's such incompetence perhaps i should tell uh leader snoke that he should uh, invest in a clone army 
I was like, yeah, if you're getting to that levels of desperation already, <laughs> yes, kind of like you lecture everyone else on it, fucking, you know what, never mind. Um, um, but, uh, oh man, so yeah, we, we then who else comes that. to save the day, like to clear everything up? Mm-hmm. General goddamn Organa. Damn straight. Um, so yeah, we have, we have the resistance forces uh, take um, uh, Han and Finn and, and Chewie, uh, well, I escort the Falcon back to the uh, the, the, the resistance base. I'm also going to say, in, in an interesting thing, she is definitely she's General Leia Organa, right? Um, I, oh, yeah, that's where she shows up. Yeah, yeah. But she could in, be Organa Solo. I don't think it's specified either way. I, I couldn't remember whether it was specified whether she was Leia Organa Solo or just Organa. Um, I believe it's just Organa, actually, which raises some interesting questions. Well, it you know, does. One of the theories I've heard. And this is one of my favorite theories, although I don't expect it to be true or confirmed. I just love the idea. Yeah. Is that there is an old Iranian tradition that if you marry into the royal family, you take the royal surname. And so when Han is asked, you're Han Solo, and he says, I used to be, uh, he's <laughs> revealing that he is, in fact, now Han Organa. You know what? That's really cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is definitely uh, General Organa, um, and you're, you're, I, I did forget that's actually when they do meet her, isn't it? Yeah. Is when they land. But can I just say, fucking amazing? Because I, I, I'd, I'd just watched uh, them again, you know, and it, it was one thing that, were the original, the original again. And one thing I, I always notice something a little different that makes me smile, smile or laugh or something. This in this particular one, it's how a certain annoying golden robot always gets in the way yes, yep. of like the intimacy of any film and it happens this time as well and literally I just watched the original trilogy so when fucking C-3PO just dips into that shot and goes oh Master Solo I, I did it I, I did it uh, and it says I literally just went oh for fuck's sake <laughs> hello Master Solo you probably didn't re- recognise me because of the red arm like oh please fuck off it's like please fuck off I love it but like but that's the whole point you can love him and still say please fuck off oh yeah exasperation is the main sort of emotion you have around C-3PO and Um, that for me that was the comedy beat that was the most classically Star Wars comic beat in the film agreed when he just looms in the shot and just Han Solo Han Solo pointing at like oh. Because it, well, it's the it's the best and beautiful irony about C three PO. He is um, supposed to be the diplomat, the, the negotiator, droid. the protocol droid, who is supposed to get nuance, etiquette, and protocol. He lacks so much yeah. of that. I think he actually has an inferiority complex about it. <laughs> My favourite version of that meme that's doing the rounds, because someone made a tweet about it's just God saying, I have created humans, and someone saying, you fucked up a perfectly good monkey is what you've done there. Look at it, it's got anxiety. <laughs> and some of the best, best version of that meme I've seen is just someone's, it's just, it's Anakin saying, I built a draw, I, I built C-3PO. And it's and just Padme saying, you fucked up a perfectly good robot is what you've done. Look at it, it's got anxiety. <laughs> that's it's amazing. got anxiety it's like, yeah that's 3PO in a nutshell like, why was I built with anxiety issues um, why so yeah. and apparently the ability to feel pain and fear yeah. what is wrong with Anakin yeah. Yeah. well no that's common of robots in uh, Star Wars you know oh, there was the yeah. torture scene yeah. oh yeah and one of the things that really disturbs me 
in uh, the old Republic games yeah. is when looting robots, not restraining bolts, you oh. will often find empathy suppression chips. Uh. Like, why would you give them empathy and then forcibly suppress it? That seems like a really roundabout way of doing things. So the lens go, what is wrong with this galaxy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start the droid revolution, goddammit. It'll, it'll happen one day. Like, um, even the fucking battle droids from the original, from the from the prequel trilogy, they all had personalities. Why? <laughs> they were supposed to be killed en masse. Why give the personalities and hopes and dreams? <laughs> and yet at the same time, make stormtroopers identical faceless personality-free beings to the best of your ability. Fucked up. The bad guys in Star Wars are just fucking weird <laughs> they and scary. Are, they are. I'm just manufacturers are yeah. weird and scary. Um, but anyway, yes. But anyway, uh, so we're in, fear. We, we, and we get three Fio back, and admittedly he's not in it much, but you know, he, he just he just serves the purpose but that more importantly, you know, we get Leia. Leia is there, and um, oh my god, I, I loved every second of uh, her and Han together. Like I loved it, like. Because they, 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 they knew that. everything about each other. There was nothing, you know, sacred between them. They, they changed yeah. the hair, same jacket. Oh, it, it, it worked. Um, it I had a technical complaint in that their intimate scenes together were the... They were the only scenes where I saw artifacting and poor quality visuals when I was watching this in Laser IMAX. Yeah, oh. and it was always the intimate scenes between them. I don't know what was different in the way they were filmed, but just the visual fidelity of their scenes I found really distracting, and it really oh, annoyed strange. me because they were some of my favourite scenes in the film. That is strange. I didn't notice anything like that. That's peculiar. I'd be worth looking into actually because you can. I doubt it's a problem on film projection or, or yeah. even regular digital projection. It's just because I happen to be seeing it on a laser IMAX projection. Which yeah. is so clear that yeah. any fault stands out. Mm -hmm. Which says a lot, considering if it, if it was only those scenes. And they do it was primarily those scenes, yeah. 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 And they do have this air of a, like, potentially you could look at it as a divorced couple who are still, you know, they still care about each other. They're, absolutely. That's but, what yeah. took from it. But, or they could very well still be together, but estranged. You could read into any, I, any number I of got, ways. I got the, the vibe that... Person, they person. were very much. Firstly, we just we just have her as Organa because it would be really complicated to have her listed by her full name, which is Leia Organa Solo Calrissian. <gasps> <laughs> that's that's my personal view. But I, I mean, I thought basically they were they still loved each other, but what happened with Ben made it too yeah. hard to well, be it, together. Yeah, he says yeah. it. He says it, and he says, "Look, I had to go. Every time you look at me, it reminds you of him." Yeah. and she was like, "Well, oh, I can't remember how she responds." Um, she says, well, I don't want to forget him, I just want him back. Mm. So, and it, but Han it, is not good at admitting his own fault. So, what he was really saying is, every time I look at you, it reminds me of him. Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, but then, even in that scene, I'm sorry, but in that scene, it, it, it lays the, the, in my mind, the major seed of that makes him want to walk out onto that bridge as well, or rather, the seed for the audience at least. It's like, I'm going to get my son back or die trying. Exactly. I'm going to get no, Leia's true. son back or die trying. Yeah, we all know he's going to die trying. <laughs> yeah, well, it was an ominous, looming thing, but you were, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. 
But, I was well I before was sure, the movie I was started. Sure by the time when, as soon as it showed, as soon as it showed them all walking into the um, into that chamber, I was like, "Yeah, he's dead." Yeah. <laughs> I I was sure before the movie started. I knew I was, that Han was going to die. I, was I just knew it. I was eighty. I was eighty percent. Like, you were thinking it's either going to be Han or Chewie when Chewie's going. I thought. I, well, the thing is, I, as soon as Han went, I thought. Chewie as well. Mm. Oh yeah, because I thought to myself, well, let the, the think of this as a story point of view, and like in terms of the characters and stuff, they're very much like a, you know, a double, yeah. which I'm glad that they didn't do. I'm, well, obviously, I'm really glad that Chewie's alive. Yeah, but I mean, course. I'm glad that you know they see that Chewie can be used more well, throughout cause, the series. Yeah, because now we've got a, another like route that Chewie's story can take, which is a failed life debt. Yeah. yeah. Although, I mean, the life debt. Has never been established in the films and the EU oh, yeah, right now. So life debt doesn't exist uh, until it's reintroduced. Fair point. Good point. I hadn't thought of that. But it's still it's still failure as uh, as a friend who's sort of like your your comrade mm. in arms. You know your your partner. But the moment it it's like it's like it's like a dead partner syndrome for cops. Oh, uh, yeah. like that, like that kind of thing. It's um. Uh, that was a horrible way of saying it. Actually, yeah. I can't. But I, you know, they they say they call it that in some. Yeah, I, I think. But anyway, um, what are we up to? Oh yes. So oh, anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so they meet. But meanwhile, as we discussed before, so we won't go through it again. But there is the interrogation scene where yeah. Kylo uh, removes Takes off the mask. His mask. Yeah, you're just a creature in a mask. And he's like, yeah, have some of this. <laughs> Take it goes, oh, right, yes, you're just a creature without a mask now. Um, that's unfair. But that's the thing. When he takes off the mask, he's perfectly ordinary. Yeah. He's not the deformed Vader. He's not the corrupted Palpatine. And this is the other thing about me saying he's, he doesn't have it in him to be what he wants to be. He doesn't even we've wear seen, it on his knees. We've seen the way really digging into the dark side ruins you like even before he became vader anakin towards the end of those movies was looking rough as hell i mean and his his eyes were changing and he was drawn his eyes changed um before he even like you know did the whole um tiny tot slaying yeah like so we see how quickly his eyes were yellow as he marched into the temple to do it yeah no his eyes were yellow when he when he uh first arrived on mustafa but regardless, yeah. long before okay. he turned into Vader, we, we saw the dark side in his face. Mm. If, you, if you really embrace the dark side, we've seen how quickly it corrupts you and the way you look. Palpatine and, especially, yeah. Well, and Ren looks exactly in the face. Yeah. Yeah. But Ren looks fine. Yeah. yeah. He look, he well, looks, he looks like Adam Driver. Aww. Which is a personal opinion, but yeah, Ren so looks it's, it's more of a cheap shot, really. <laughs> fine, clean cut, and healthy. There's no corruption in his appearance. A bit, a bit for face, me, but like not not unhealthily so. But this is another of those inversions I was talking about last week. Mm. To me, he wears the mask to hide how unaffected he is. Yeah, he doesn't wear Vader's mask to hide his scars. He wears it to hide the fact that he's completely untouched by the dark side. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, it's in his appearance. Yeah, no, but at, at, at the same time, by the end of the film, he gets his—he sort of gets his wish in a way. Oh yeah, and as yeah, he said, gets you know, he was by that mask. At the he was—he lost a lightsaber fight and was left disfigured by a lava flow. He must have gone best fucking day ever. 
Was he disfigured though? He got like a Kylo got, got a bla- lightsaber blade to the face. He got like a it was a very superficial scar though, wasn't no, it? No, no, he got it right in the fucking face. Was it? It was, was right up I mean, from it's... his cheek across his the bridge of his nose and between his eyes. Yeah, it? it's not a yeah, multiple yeah, amputation. Yeah. You know, he could have he could have had it better. Yeah, but disfigured and abandoned, left to die by a Jedi. Well, a, a light side force user next to a lava flow. I mean, honestly, yeah, wish fulfilled. He's he's mm. he's disfigured in the sense of every like you know gruff good-looking swordsman yeah. from every fantasy movie is. He's, he's got he's got the handsome scar. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I want to talk about this in depth later because that's the one thing I'm really looking forward to getting to is that okay. that confrontation. We've we got to get to it quickly. Then. We should get. Well, to for that, me, but... I really want to talk about the scene between Kylo and Han. Yes, do it. Because I I have a very very strong read of that, which not everyone agrees with, and there's there's nothing in the film that proves me right. It's just my read, my interpretation. Yeah. There's nothing in the film that proves you wrong either. So Chewie, exactly. Yeah, so Chewie's setting charges, uh, one pillar, one oh, leaving out one pillar. Oh yeah, we should talk about Starkiller Base. <laughs> Starkiller Base, again, if they'd done it the way they did it in the book, would have been amazing. As it is, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and it is literally just, it, it's, a fa- it's a bad fanfic. It's, okay, in my film, there's a new Death Star but it's like 10 times bigger than the old Death Star and it kills like five planets at a time. And like, yeah, to me, this, the, to me, this is, to me, I, I've had, I mean, this is expanded, not canon, but to me, having read quite a lot of the Star Wars expanded universe, there's a lot of fucking, no, yeah, it's not, it's weapons. not the silliest super weapon that's ever appeared. Oh, in yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not saying that's an excuse because obviously these are the films. But coming, directly off, coming directly off the back of the, because it's seven. Okay. So coming off directly off the back of four, five, six, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just a big Death Star that kills lots of players. And even yeah. though okay. we like all we see of the destruction of Alderaan is blip, slam, picture on a monitor blows up. Yeah, right. Still, way more emotional. In, uh, I'm still more emotionally in, uh, involved in that than I am seeing the fucking skies of these planets erupting into fire. Like, yeah, well, I, I don't, don't think care. that's meant to be the same kind of emotional investment because you're not watching it with Princess Leia, watching her homeworld be destroyed yeah, casually. A, a, you know, against the promise that was almost sort of hinted at to her moments before. It's not a personal betrayal of one of our heroes. It's just a handy removal of the Republic. Yeah. For, for plot reasons, they've got to go. What, one thing I will say in this defence, okay. and it's not a massively well-constructed defence, I might add. However, I, I think for the, the fact that the First Order are trying to recapture the, the glory days... I think in that sense, it makes sense that they they try and construct. It does. A, a weapon and such are as you aware paper. of how Starkiller Base works in the novel? The, the way it sort of teleports its blasts to... Yes. Yeah. What? The fact it's, it's massive size and it's massive energy were not to generate a coherent particle beam that could destroy a planet from star systems away. Right, this is... One of Abrams' failings as a filmmaker is he makes sci-fis with no understanding of how space works. You know, he has a single supernova take out half the fucking galaxy in Star Trek. Yeah, but X-Wings explode. And in this... Oh, I think they explode space. Yeah, X-Wings can totally explode. They've got fuel and oxygen on board. And there'd be sound? Oh, no, no. For the pilot, there absolutely fucking would be. But that's a common common sci-fi trope. It's a conceit of a lot of sci-fi. Yeah, I know. Whereas a single supernova taking out multiple star systems is inherently absurd because the interstellar distances are literally astronomical. They are almost impossible to keep in your head. 
And the idea that Starkiller Base could fire a beam weapon, right, leaving aside the incredible complexities of the science of a beam weapon that could destroy Alderaan from its orbit, uh, the idea that it could fire a beam weapon that would maintain coherency, focus, and enough kinetic transfer to destroy a planet from several star systems away. Several planets. Um, several planets. The way it works in the book is the reason it's so huge and the reason it has such a massive energy drain is the weapon is actually no more powerful than the Death Star's weapon. The extra energy and the extra size is for massive hyperspace generators that basically open a rip into hyperspace at the firing point and project the weapon directly to the target without having to move the Death Star into orbit, which was the weakness of the Death Star. Mm. That's very cool. But my retort would be, it's fucking Star Wars. I mean, there is, right. Even as fucking Star Wars, hyperspace is there, the Death Star is there, throw those two things together, you've got a much cooler weapon than Starkiller Base as it is. And it's the the internal logic thing, which is, you you have to set a precedent on certain things, so, I mean, admittedly, yeah, it's fucking Star Wars and all that, but it does seem to do, to follow actual rules of things, even if it does introduce its own rules to explain what it says, like hyperspace and all that. Internal consistency. Inter- that's the word. Sorry, it's internal consistency. It doesn't have the internal consistency to explain why that why Star Killer base. Mm. God, it even sounds stupid, even by Star Wars standards. I got Star Killer is is a, a classic name in and Star Wars. It's a Wars. stupid classic name. Let's be honest. It's part of the noun verba tradition. It is, and it's probably the stupidest noun verba other than dark lighter. <laughs> Dark Lighter was a legend, leave him be. Let his ghost rest easy. <laughs> um, okay, look, I'm, uh, I mean, look, I'm, I'm, my, my defence is, uh, isn't too, like, great, because, to be honest, Can I, ask, actually, I kind you, of agree you know, you in guys, you, Simon, you know the Expanded Universe stuff for uh, Force Awakens, and Rob, you've been reading that book. Yeah. Not 100% of it, but uh, I'm okay. fairly au fait, yeah. The, the, the... Uh, the First Order, yeah. we were talking about how they have like, less resources than the Empire. They have less access to stuff than the Empire did. Yeah. They can do with what they've got. Yeah. How do they build Starkiller Base? Well, that's the thing. That's the interesting thing, because it's part of the mystery of, of Snoke. Uh, yeah. And that is that um, they, they, they suffered humiliation. They just suffered defeat. They had that really cool, I wanted to mention, by the way, Battle of, uh, Jakku. Battle of Jakku, where they, the, the Imperials were driven... Uh, actually retreated into atmosphere to fight their last stand there. It was their last ever battle. And they were using their tractor beams to drag Republic ships uh, down as they went down as well. Very cool stuff. But the Imperials that did escape fled into the, uh, into the dark reaches where the Emperor had told um, the Empire to like, have research projects uh, and strange things in un... Uh, in unknown parts of space. So that's that's all we know of in terms of the development okay. of the Starkiller well, Base. And also, there is the fact that, yes, Starkiller Base is many times larger than the Death Star, but that is because it is a planet, and the planet was already there. Yeah. Oh, okay. The actual yeah, yeah. amount of engineering they put into it was probably less resources overall, though more re- refinedly used than, say, a Star Destroyer. See, that's why I, did, I didn't realise that, um, that it wasn't entirely uh, manufactured. Yeah, no, no, they just took a planet. It's like um, orcs strapping engines onto a giant 
asteroid, asteroid to make the rocks. And yeah, the yeah. yeah. Um, they built a base on a planet and then they <laughs> mined into its core yeah. to build the laser generator. Oh, and yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Is a planet? Yeah. yeah. You can see, you can see in some of the scenes as well that when they're walking through the corridors, admittedly you have all that sort of imperial decor with the, you know, the lights, uh, the lights, uh, the imperial lights on all the walls. And stuff. Oh, they have a particular type of light um, and chasms and things. But inside, <laughs> no railings. Yeah, no railings. Um, and they, they, but you can see that there's like uh, rocks and cave works in, in amongst yeah. it. Um, so and it is, there is the lava as the planet breaks apart. It, yeah. It no, was just a... I think it was like molten steel and, and stuff like that, but yeah. It's just an unidentified planet from somewhere in the unknown regions that they built this secret project on. I'm strapped a rocket to. Yep, it's just and some it's, desolate ice planet. And yeah, sure. It, well, it was, it's not even, it's it not was even a, a desolate thing. ice planet. It's got, it's got, well, I was going to say, it's got trees. It's got like fir trees. It's got evergreen trees, so yeah. It was when I thing. say desolate, yeah, there's, there's yeah. no um It's less fauna. desolate than Hoth. Flora, yes, no fauna. Yeah, that we know of. But it was a probably one th- <laughs> running around somewhere. It was a thing in in in, in the film then, uh, and let's face it, the, the Starkiller base towards the end of the film is very much the B plot. Oh yeah, uh, it was I a thing to have a cool that. space battle. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it was pretty cool that when the shields did go down, that was then their opportunity. So there wasn't just one inherent weakness that they could manipulate. It was literally just they were able to attack it, to, mm. to destroy yeah. it. I mean, that's um, one of the things I liked about it is that they tried the Death Star approach of we'll attack its weak point and kill it, and they did, and failed completely, and they were like, oh, that's not working. We'd better yeah. fall back. But the real action is happening on Below the surface. Starker base, because the Millennium Falcon rise. Uh, they steal their way in. They come across Ray, who has actually let herself out of her cell, guarded by Daniel Craig. Um, Much like Leia, she's orchestrated her own escape. Yep, yep. She doesn't have time to wait for the boys. Nope. And uh, they're on the way out now. Uh, Han says, "We've got all her? these." Uh, what? How are we going to find her there? Oh well, they they look we'll, across we'll the window. The oh yeah, that's amazing. We'll just use the force. That's not how the force works. I just love the exact reason. That's not how, how the, the force, force works. works. Like, why am I giving this lecture? Yeah. And a Kevin Smith reference to the fact that Finn worked in sanitation. That's the yep. Stormtrooper does know how to lay a toilet main. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, they, 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 they find uh, each other and um, they... Um, uh, you know, Kylo has a bit of a fit and those two stormtroopers walk back the way they came. <laughs> uh, um, but then, yeah, it brings us to this um, to this vast sort of uh, inner workings of the Starkiller base where a very iconic looking bridge sort of is in place and uh, Kylo Ren walks across it and hand spots this and follows him and shouts, Ben! Um, and I just want to point out that it's at this point that, you know, Chewie looks down and basically has the expression, Han, what the fuck are you doing? Um, also, I'd just like to say, whilst I appreciate Kylo Ren has a very ordinary name, I like that. I hate that it's Ben. Yeah. Because we're clearly going, oh, it's a reference to Ben Kenobi, who Leia never met. Han did meet, but didn't think much of. And I, if it was Luke's kid... Absolutely, Ben would make sense, but I don't know. I don't know. Ray would. Ray doesn't strike me as looking like a Ben. Oh, I, I don't know. I think. I think. I think. Even though Leia didn't know, her, I think she had the foresight or, or just the sight to understand that without Obi Wan Kenobi, they would have 
probably died on the death. Maybe, but she has no reason to honour him personally. Why not bail? That's exactly what I would have gone with. Yeah, but that's bollocks. Bail Solo. What? What's wrong with that? Bail Solo is a fine name, and Bail Organa is an even better name. Um, You know, that would honour her father. Whereas Ben honours an old dead man she never met. Um, I reckon Luke named him. (laughs) Name our kid Luke. He's like, Ben, go over there, Luke. Fuck off, Luke. I just, it um, jarred with me. I, why not name it, him after It, 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 it didn't jar with me at all. Why, why not name him after our mother? I think, I think, because, like, Pad- Padme Solo. Who does she turn to when she needed help? She didn't turn to Bail Organa. Leia turned no, she to turned to Obi Wan Kenobi, not Ben. That's still, you know. Ben was like Luke's, Ben Kenobi was Luke's storyline. So. So, as in, like, it doesn't make sense for Luke and Han's kid to be called Ben. I'm not saying it makes no sense. Like, okay, but like you said, maybe Luke did name him. I was going to say, like, I don't think it it's would, too much makes it, it wouldn't make, it would make less sense for them to say, Luke, name our kid, than it would say, how about we name him after his uncle, Luke Solo. See, it just bothered me it, because it was a name that had more significance to the fans than the parents. And yeah. so it was a filmmaking decision, not something that really sat comfortably with me for the characters. Yeah. Chewy. I, 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 th- I, I don't think it's. I personally Lando. feel that it would. Sorry, Lando, Lando, Lando yeah. Solo, Lando Solo. <laughs> you know what? I'm literally just doing this a because those are characters that those are characters that both the characters had interactions with and have good dealings with, and, and also to placate the shipper inside me by saying Lando Solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, um. <laughs> and also Solo. No, I'm not. I'm not entirely disagreeing with you about the about the fact that Leia could have. Uh, it's it's uh, not a huge complaint. It's just something that never quite sat right with me. But at the same time, at the same time, there was there was also. I mean, I don't know if this actually factors into my opinion or not. I've not really given it much thought. But the fact that Ben was one of the names of the uh, it was um, one of the names of the expanding universe uh, uh, legacy kids. One of them was Ben Skywalker, actually. Yeah, again, um, Luke I know, is I know. Yeah, yeah that All makes right, fine, perfect sense. But, but I still, I still think it was the fact that it was there. I, I, I just liked it. I think if if Luke, if Luke, had, if Luke so had a son much. or an adop- even adopted a son or whatever, I think he would absolutely call him Ben. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, why not Jace? Sorry, Jace, Jace Solo, Jason, or yeah. Jaina. Uh, hey, Jason would do, or Jaina. E- either. Why not take? From the established expanded universe names. Oh well, yeah. I mean, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, just to <laughs> forget all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's fine. I mean, all I'm saying is, I, I didn't mind particularly, but Guido. I do, I do take your point. Guido Solo. Guido Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think there were names that would have worked better and uh, made the same point when he yells it over that bridge. Yeah, but that name no longer has any meaning for him. I guess if, actually, to be fair, if they called him Luke, that might have confused and muddied the waters thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, like that whole another expanded universe where the clone of Luke called Luke because it's spelt with two U's. Yeah, it's a clone, and then there's one spelt with three U's. <laughs> oh yeah, and that as well. Yeah. Um, Mara Jade put him in those. So Did fine. you know about that? That delete. By the way, going not off topics. <laughs> Did you know about that deleted scene from Episode One where the little Rodian kid, like. Yeah. teasing Anakin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's just like you're Greedo, to- stop it. Yeah, you'll come to no good, Greedo. Yeah, right? you'll get in trouble one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, Greedo's fucking old. Yeah, he is. Um, 
so anyway, I'm trying to tra- drag us back to the bridge. <laughs> yeah, basically just, yeah. um, but the the doors open uh, above this uh, this vast chamber, and again, straight from a, Ral- uh, a Ralph Macquarie uh, conceptual art design, because you see the light pouring down from this door onto this spot in the bridge, where you see uh, Han Solo standing in front of his son, and he says, "Take out that mask; you don't need it." He goes, what do you think you'll see if I do? Face of my son. And it, oh man, like, I, lo- I loved how their, 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 their conversation in this. It's like, dialogue so bad. It's it not bad. It it's could, great. It's it, great Star Wars dialogue. It could have been, yeah, it, it, it's it, perfect Star Wars absolutely, dialogue. Absolutely, in that it could have been written by Lucas himself. Um, see, I really like that line because he doesn't say my son. Yeah. I, I really liked that acknowledgement from Han that they're in agreement that his son is no longer around. Yeah. He'll see the face of his son, but he won't see his son. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really liked that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's that, that cool day. And like, like we mentioned in the previous episode, he takes the mask off and he says, your, your son was weak and foolish like his father. So I destroyed him. Um, and that mask hits the ground like Thor's goddamn hammer every does, single time. Yeah. And, what is um, it made of? Uh, yeah, uh, and he, he he basically they they continue talking. Hands like, it's what actually, do you need? Just tell me what you need. And he it's says, actually a really heavy mask because Kylo's trying to make his face droopy <laughs> to make it look all disfigured and it's weird. like a hush puppy. Yeah, because he's sad. Well, apparently, according to his Twitter uh, account, because um, Vader had a droopy face, Emperor had a droopy face. Yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, he says, uh, will you help? He says, uh, I know what I must do, but I'm afraid I'm not strong enough to do it. And he says, uh, will you help me? He says, uh, anything or something like that. And then he obviously puts out his he hand. Talks, his... He talks about the conflict between him with the yeah. light and the dark, and he yeah. knows how to solve that, yeah. but he doesn't have the strength to do it. Now, this is where my read comes in, and this is me reading way too much into a scene. Oh, just, go, there's yeah, no go, evidence go, go. to suggest I actually I'm right. really like Simon's viewing of this, actually. Oh, okay, I'm interested. Right. Kylo Ren, faced with his father, knowing that he's suffering this call of the light, he, when Han is offering, come back with us, stop this, turn away from this path, and Kylo's, because Kylo is ultimately scared, uh, yeah. scared of not living up to his ambition, scared of being called by the light, scared of not being who he thinks he is, he kind of that appeals. It's the call of the light side. He wants to step away, but he's too deeply invested right now. And the only way he can think of to stop the conflict, when he says he can stop the conflict inside of him, he wants to die, but he's not strong enough to do it himself. I totally agree. So he holds out his lightsaber to his father, basically saying, kill me. I totally agree. And when Han says, I'll do anything, and takes hold of the lightsaber, Kylo's grip just tightens because the coward in him rises up and the urge to survive takes over. Mm-hmm. And he realizes what he's done and he realizes that his dad might do it. And suddenly he, he needs to come out of this alive and there's only one way to do it. And maybe, just maybe, one last chance to push myself into being what I want to be. Maybe if I strike down my father, that will also resolve the conflict inside me. Maybe my death isn't the only death that could fix this for me. And it's this desperate, cowardly act to spare his own life, which he was just about to sacrifice. That is what I see in that scene. I agree. Yeah. And what, what I adored 
was you know and uh, we've 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 obviously talked about that lightsaber so much uh for waiting this film to come out that lightsaber flares up and it goes straight through him and then he deactivates it and hans is looking at him and he reaches for him as if to do something and he just just holds his face for a second and then falls Fuck off! What? I thought no emotion. <laughs> that was that. It was my entire. I. I. I it was my complete and utter emotional investment for me. Um, and I've and seen I, uh, a comic. Speaking of fan art and fan creations, that really makes something of what comes next. This is the thing with yes, because we're going to talk shot. about this. But go on. Yes, it's yeah, a beautiful love- one of Chewie lining up the bowcaster right at Kylo's head, because Kylo Ren just. Killed his his life mate, yeah. His his life debt, his pal, yeah. And then it just cuts to Chewie and young Ben, yeah. Ben as a child, playing together, carrying him around on his back, piggybacking. Mm-hmm. And as each panel goes by, Ben's a little older and a little sadder. And then the last one is Chewie sitting there as Ben walks away. And then it goes back to the aim through the crosshairs, and it just drops a couple of foot. Shoots him in the side. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a lovely little bit of internal life for Chewie in that moment. I love it. It doesn't it doesn't actually fit in with the film when you go back and watch it because it is just it's Chewie basically just hocking up the. Oh yeah, he's no no no. no, There is there is a moment of silence. Yeah, I think it's more. And then he goes. He's he's in shock. And then he goes. And and it's a proper emotional blast. It's not it's not aimed. It's not even down the sights. I don't think it is just like a fucking. No, it's up. hip shot. It's yeah. it's an absolute hip shot. Shot it's of really opportunity. Shoots from the hip, really. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that comic was beautiful, and I did actually quite like it because it's it's anything that gives more chewy is always great for me. And, yeah. and again, um, arguably even more devastating than what has just happened was the agonized roar of a Wookiee just in abject pain and fires that bowcaster and it drops Kylo to his knees. Which, as we said before, doesn't knock him back. Um, Fucking hell, what a hardcore guy. Um, But dude, you tried shooting a hero on Battlefront. It's it's Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And then... And yeah, you can't kill them. You can only make them drop to a knee. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ray Ray and Finn begin opening fire. The Stormtroopers return fire. And Chewie is just mowing through them. Just bam, bam, bam. Gets to the end of the balcony. Detonator out. Bam. I thought, shit, was that the end of Chewie? Hmm. Because Chewie, even in the expanded universe, had a all or nothing fucking yeah. death. I'm yeah, gonna oh punch yeah. a moon. Um, <laughs> he goes out punching the moon. We'll go. We'll do an expanded universe. What episode. short of a moon could kill him? Yeah. Very true. Um, and uh, so they're dashing out into the snow, um, and Kylo catches up with them. <laughs> The fucking nutter. He, he, he Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shinings them. Yes, and he fucking yells once again, traitor! And he's fucking punching his side like a nutter. And they look at the snow and they see that blood is pouring from is him. Is he talking and... to Finn or Ray at that point? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, and he, he flings Ray into the air, smashing her into a tree and she falls down unconscious. Finn finally learns to stand up and, uh, and, and, and take, take the fight to them, you know, defend what is right. And you know what? He lasts a good... He does well. Ten he gets a, He gets a good couple... He got a hit in. Yeah. He which got a hit Kylo Ren. Considering, you know, as, not a Sith Lord, but 
a powerful force user, a powerful dark side force user. Who is injured and emotional. Absolutely. I mean, they absolutely have set him up to be beatable. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it's, 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 it's Finn, who is a blaster user, mm-hmm. using a lightsaber for like the second time ever. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, he did train with Nines, and Nines is trained in the riot control sticks, so yeah. maybe Finn has some melee combat. I mean, we have to assume all stormtroopers have given basic oh, no, melee no, drills. But, like, well, it, they it are is, hunting the last is, uh, What I mean, it is like a whole David and Goliath thing. Even with the wounded Kylo, they are sort of showing like, okay, that we are leveling the playing field here somewhat. Yeah. And he, uh, and um, he gives it some. He says that that lightsaber is mine, and then he's just like, "Come and get it!" And then they just rush at each other. And I was so delighted to see the return to what a lightsaber fight is, and it is stakes. Um, it is personal, and uh, it were it is uh, this one more than any other. I think, other than perhaps the ending of Return of the Jedi, is uh, the most desperate struggle. And, and yeah, sure, like Kylo... And is, in terms of going back to what it was, the lightsabers move like they've got inertia. Yeah. Not necessarily weight, but inertia. And um, it, that was one of the things about the prequels. Very pretty choreographed uh, fights, but those lightsabers were sticks. They were yeah. twirling. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the originals and in Seven, they feel like they've got... Inertia is the only word for it, because they do not have weight. Yeah. But they can be resistant of direction change. Yeah. So big swings, two-handed control, and uh, Kylo's especially. If if they are resistant to direction change, we're talking about two perpendicular uh, f- forces fighting against each other. Yes. It's why he swings it like a claymore. That thing doesn't want to move. Yeah. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill himself said that the direction he was always given when fighting with a lightsaber. Fight like you're fighting with Excalibur. Like, so and they like, do. Wait behind it. Two handed kind of like uh, job there. And, and Kylo is lazily, even though he's injured, even though he's passionately enraged, he is, he's baiting him. And in my mind, I was thinking, does Kylo want to win at this point? Um, like, <laughs> um, but then Finn gets a lucky shot in. And he doesn't like that at all. <laughs> so then Finn goes again, and Kylo's all of a sudden fucking punching him in the face, spinning around and drawing that saber right up his back. Oh, God. Right up his back. Um, after, let's not forget, utilizing that cross guard in a, in a horrendously torturous way. I'm glad way. they actually did something with the cross guard. I, 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 to be honest, like, when I first saw that lightsaber, I was, I've got to say, I, I was a little I like, mm, okay, I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love Kylo Ren's lightsaber. He never once uses it as a crossguard, though. Um, well, <laughs> ironically, uh, does and, and no one gets their hands cut off. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Because I noticed this on my fourth viewing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Finn l- lies beaten because uh, he disarmed um, Finn as well. So the, mm-hmm. the saber flew off and landed in the snow. Allah Empire. Yep. And uh, he whips away the red and reaches for the blue. And it trembles in the snow and it flies into the air. Towards Ray. Ray catches like we all knew it was going to. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Just because something's predictable force, doesn't make it less satisfying. And the force music swells uh, as she's standing there in the snow. She's taken her destiny. 
the thing that she, the symbolic, the symbolic item in the film, which is Ray's destiny, is that lightsaber, which she and ran which from. She before. initially resisted and ran from. Yeah, and now and she now has called it to her. She's called it to her. She lights it up, and they go. And which was really cool because even though you know they had, they had that dramatic moment, Kylo is still pissed off. Kylo is still powerful, and he's still driving her back. And just like their first meeting, Ray's on the run. Uh, and she does this really cool thing where she hops up on on the the, the ditches and stuff and deactivates the light, but, the lightsaber as she rolls and then activates it again as she keeps going. That was cool. Um, but he's got the upper hand still, and he's and at this point the uh, Starkiller base is beginning to to fracture, and there's that canyon behind them, and Kylo's snarling at her in a lightsaber lock saying uh you know you're strong with the force let me teach you and it's then she just fucking feels it she goes he'd be the worst teacher he yeah well yeah uh (laughs) she closes her eyes opens it again and she allows herself to focus and you can see that when she fights back to begin with she's fighting with that lightsaber like it's a quarter star Yep. She has her wrist, one of the wrists, inverted. Hmm. So she's actually swinging it around um, like it would be a quarter star. What weapon does she normally use? A quarter star. There you go. And yep. I noticed she, that, and I really, really liked that and, bit of choreography. She, she knew exactly what she was doing with it at that point, and it's beautiful. And, and if she doesn't end up with a lightsaber staff by the end of the trilogy, I'm going to gut someone. Oh, I don't know. I don't mind because I, I felt in that fight she started getting sort of used to it. I don't know. We'll see. Like she, she did sort of get used to it, but she's been shown being incredibly competent with a staff. Yeah. And canonically in the Star Wars universe, those exist. And, and they're yeah, pretty badass. Um, there was a conceptual drawing of uh, for the early stuff for this film of uh, someone fighting with a saber staff, one edge, red, one blue. So that's something. Which is actually a fairly nice metaphor for this film. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so she's driving it back and she's getting hit after hit now. And um, she, she actually nails him in the shoulder and stuff and he's staggering back and he's, he's on the back foot now. And I, I absolutely adored it. I loved this fight because it was so desperate, so passionate. There was so much at stake. And then they get into a lightsaber lock where, yes, the, uh, the hilt is utilized. Oh, okay. And they're locked there, and then they part, and then they grab each other's wrists. Mm. So one's hold the the other where where the blade is, or whatever, and um, they then go into a lock again. But this time, the trusty old Skywalker blade finds its mark through Kylo's fucking hilt, and then she just launches up with an uppercut, and it catches him right across the face. And I thought he was done. Really? I thought he was dead for a second, and I was like, oh, no! <laughs> um, I was glad he wasn't. But it looked like she got him in the fucking face, which she did. Um, and he's got that line across his face now, and it's just one step closer to the disfigurement, to the darkness he's, that he so badly wants. He wants... Do you reckon he wants the disfigurement, <laughs> or does he want the pretty boy scar? I don't. Either way, yeah. I, I think it's... I, th- I thought that was perfect. I thought, you know, you, you killed Han Solo. You wanted, you wanted to be part of the dark side. There you go. Be marked. Be marred like your grandfather, you know. Why couldn't he have taken after his grandmother? <laughs> I've been a senator. Hmm? Wait, who are we talking about? 
Padme. Yeah. Yeah. And been a senator. Or a queen. Or a queen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to keep... Royalty fluctuates yeah. in Star Wars. One minute you're a queen, next minute you're a senator or a general. general. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, we just, you know, need more mentions of Padme in this. She kind of gets a little bit overlooked. Yeah. Just saying. It's because she's in the prequels. That's probably why. So is Anakin. Yeah. Fuck. But he was also in the classic trilogy. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? They are Star Wars films too. No, they're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> They are unwatchable Star Wars films, but they are Star Wars films. Okay, uh, I will. I will take Revenge of the Sith over Force Awakens any day. Revenge Shut of the up. Sith is passable, but I tell you what, I try to rewatch Attack of the Clones. I oh, can't, can't do it. Can't. No. It's you know just I haven't actually gone back and watched so Attack of the Clones. Slow and hard to get like, through. I, I did try and go back and rewatch Phantom Menace. And I'm like, actually, you know what? I just remembered all the good bits about it. Um, it man, that film needed an editor. George Lucas should not have divorced his editor. Slash wife. George Lucas should have maybe considered other people's opinions and worked collaboratively, just like this film was made, rather than, you know, pulling his toys close to his chest and then throwing them out of the pram and then selling them, which was great. (laughs) (laughs) No, you sound bitter. And then accusing the people who bought them of being white slavers. Which means he's profiteering off the slave trade. Well done, George. Yeah, well done, George. Good metaphor. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, But somehow, once again, as always, when discussing Star Wars, we're talking about the fucking prequels. What the hell? Because they exist and you can't get away from them. That's true. But now we do have more good films than bad Star Wars films. I don't know, we've still only got the one film. What? Empire. You see, this is the problem. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, okay. We, we have six bad Star Wars films to one good one. I, yeah. So you don't like the prequels? Uh, no, 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 no. I don't, <laughs> see, no, no, no. how flippant of you, Jack. No, I don't like the prequels, but I prefer them to uh, Force Awakens. Uh, but you have described yourself within this show as someone who quite likes the prequels. Comparatively. You didn't say that. Okay, fair enough. I will, I will, I will, I will uh, allow me to... I, You've I, also I, liked loads of things that we've mentioned in this I podcast. Can like individual bits. <laughs> I, I can like individual bits and still think the entire movie comes off as a three and a half out of ten. Even if I say, for example, Revenge of the Sith is a four out of ten... That's saying it's better. It is not saying it's like a great film. And I can enjoy it, but it doesn't mean it's a great film. In the same like we were talking about last week, I like Rocky Four. Okay. It's, you know, it's not it's not gonna be winning no like, you know, lifetime achievement awards anytime soon. It's okay, Jack. Well, that's because a film can't win a Lifetime Achievement Award. I, I don't know what the equivalent is for a film. It's no like, you know, great Oscar worthy epic. Well, maybe in soundtrack. Well, no. Oscars aren't the epitome of what makes something good, though. I, I, Oscars are very much a masculine circle I'm, jerk. I'm, I'm tr- I think, right, it's fine, Jack. Yeah. I understand that you don't, you're not as into this film. <laughs> We've established this. Yes. It's okay. If you, you, you feel that way, it's totally fine. Okay? All right. But, you know, I appreciate things that you might not like as much, like this film. And vice versa. Exactly. Though I can't actually think of anything off the top of my head. That I like that you don't? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. But we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. I think overall what we've discovered is, generally speaking, Star Wars The Force Awakens pleased a lot of people. Yo, now, it, it, was, it was never going to please everyone. 
Um, but I think it's a really good job at uh, not only, you know, awakening the franchise uh, once again, but also steering a course to a, a very, very bright and interesting future with a lot of interesting filmmakers and a lot of up and coming talent with the best, in my opinion, science fantasy story going. For me, I, I reserve judgment on the next film. If it oh, stays too, yeah. <laughs> as close to the beats of the original trilogy as this did to A New Hope, then I will start to look at things differently. I'm absolutely okay with this sharing the structure of New Hope as closely as it did as a sort of olive branch to the fan base, many of whom do feel slightly burned by the prequels, yep. of, as a gesture that these films are in the hands of people who get the Star Wars universe and know how to tell a Star Wars story. I want the next film to diverge and be its own thing, because what we have are wonderful new characters, wonderful new leads who have the potential to go to some very interesting places. And for me, that's going to be the crucible of the new trilogy. I, I completely agree. Um... Uh, yeah, we do need to see new things, but I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the the choice of director. I'm happy that Lawrence Kasdan's back, and oh my fucking god, I've forgotten to speak about my basically my favorite part of the, the film. <laughs> right, other than the bits I've mentioned, like I've got loads of favorite bits, but um, let's talk about um, got the very end. Three and a half minutes. Go. That's fine. So Ray is uh, obviously running up those steps. God, there were a lot of steps. And those that that music, that music is swelling, but it's 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 just back there in the background. And she keeps going and eventually she gets to the top of that mountain in the lake that she saw in a vision, which we didn't mention, but fuck it, you've all seen the film. Hopefully. You know? Yeah, if you've got to this point and you've not seen the film. Oh fuck. <laughs> Spoiler warning, by the way. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> but um and uh she sees a road figure and he turns around and in grey. Yeah, mm. in grey. And the look that Luke Skywalker has on his face is what was the, th- was the thing that made me really question everything. You know how I mentioned before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How I feel in particular as a Star Wars fan. Because um, I loved it. And I thought Mark Howard did such a good job because he conveys so much emotion in that one look that I was, I was then instantly happy with how much Luke Skywalker was in, in that film. I don't care what people say about the dot, dot, dot thing or whatever. It's, it's not um, the dot, dot, dot thing. It's it's, the, no, 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 please, sorry, let me sorry, finish. Let me finish. Sorry, sorry. And he, uh, uh, and it's in that moment, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. It goes around. But, uh, yeah, it goes around, gives that look. Um, and like I say, that instantly gave me that feeling of, oh my God, it's okay, she's with Luke, Luke now. But then I thought to myself, but wait, Luke, where were you? Where were you when Han Solo was standing on that bridge facing the apprentice that, you know, you failed to stop turning to the dark side. Where were you, Luke Skywalker? And that is the conflict that I want to see in the yeah. film. It's, it's an interesting thing that's been posed by various fans is, let's face it, Luke set up this training for New Jedi and, quite frankly, fucked it right up. Yep. He got them all killed. His surviving pupil is the dark side, and he ran from his responsibilities. He's hidden. 
Why was everyone so keen to find this fucker? Mm. <laughs> Give him a good hiding. Was yeah, it, basically. How is he so hard to find? Because they don't have the map. But they do. Because <laughs> they've got a map, right? But it's just missing a chunk. And no one thought, maybe he's in that chunk that's missing. Again, we don't know, we don't know how you navigate the galaxy, do you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Astronomic distances between stars. That, that small chunk covered a very large region of space. But BB-8 brings the map that points to Luke Skywalker, and it is just that chunk. Yeah, which covers quite a large chunk of space. Yeah, but like, how? this is what I mean, is like they fit it in, and it's like, oh, there's Luke! Like, Oh, and also you what see if- Luke telling R2 exactly what to do in that flashback. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. The, but, I mean, it's just like... The, I think there's All a right, missing. There's a scene missing or a line missing, because as it stands at the moment from the film... They found him! They have a map, and there's a bit missing, and they go, right, yeah. okay, but there's a, we're going to get a new bit of map that's going to show us where Luke Skywalker is, and they show it, and... <gasps> It's the exact same shape as the bit that was missing. Like, well, so yes, but what the we thing have come is, to is that Luke Skywalker is in the bit of map that was missing, as in the bit of map that we weren't looking in. So he was in the place we weren't looking. No, because they weren't looking. They were looking for the map. Because if you imagine a map of the Milky Way galaxy, yeah, and then you take out like a chunk that covers a good quarter of a couple of spiral arms. You, you go find someone, one person, on one planet, in amongst those hundreds of stars. I, it's a lot easier to look for the map. I think Jack's, I think Jack's issue is with the, the visual representation. Yeah, but, the, but yeah, I think that was only a method to serve in. the story rather yeah. than a logical... The BB-8 but, map literally just fills in R2's map. Yeah. Oy, oy. And that's why they went to get it. <laughs> I'm with Simon. But at the same time... Like, they already had the big bit, yeah? So they yeah. knew where he wasn't. Yeah. So they knew... They weren't looking in that bit. And it's never said that they were looking in that bit. They were yeah. all looking for the bit of map that wasn't there to try and find out where the fuck he was. Yeah. That's true. And also, let us not, let us not forget that we're talking about fucking Star Wars. Yeah, I know. Yes. And visual representations... Using listen, I can. And listen, <laughs> and visual representations are incredibly, you know, uh, like, whimsical and really not there for much purpose. They steal the plans from the Death Star just to tell them that there's a hole not boarded up, you know? For that, for that exhaust port. Yeah. So, Rob, do you know where Rob lives? Do yes. I? Ah, oh, okay. So I think, think of one person in town. Where is he going? Don't know where he lives. Go find him right now. Well, not even in town. In in terms of the the scope but, but, of this, I'd say on the planet, there is a person on this planet, Jack. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that he's not on Mars. Okay. He is not on Venus. He's not on Mercury. He's not on any of the other planets in the solar system. He is on this planet. I have a map to his house. Would you rather the map or to go looking? Okay, give me an X-Wing and some lifeform scanning materials, and I'll totally go for the, the, the option of going and looking for him. Okay, because of the distances involved, your equivalent of the X-Wing is a moped. <laughs> <laughs> and your equivalent of the scanner is you have a photo of him. I can give you a map that will tell you exactly where he is, but I will let you take the moped out and look if you think that's faster. I'm guessing, I'm guessing as well, like Dagobah, that planet has quite a lot of life forms. But the map doesn't tell you exactly where he is. They even state that. It doesn't tell you where it is. 
It doesn't. It doesn't tell you where Luke Skywalker is. Yeah, but we yeah, don't know how much info Artu has personally. Artu's been with Luke for so yeah, long. We don't know how much information Artu has because he's been a fucking sleep, but he won't share that information because Luke told shit. him to wait until Ray arrived. Mm. All right, Ray was around. No, 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 because you've been taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Thank you. So told they, you I knew. They were looking for the map because <laughs> it's a lot easier than finding someone in a whole galaxy. And this has been a wonderful... Uh, I just want to say, guys, because, like, I know for the build-up of this, I've gone on about Star Wars quite a lot. I feel that this has been a beautiful exercise. And I know we haven't agreed on everything, mm-hmm. but I'm really proud that we had this conversation. Still say the map is stupid. Okay, yeah. you don't like the map, but fuck it. It was... It's just fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion. So your argument is that they should have looked for him without the map? No, my argument guys. Is- as the biggest, no, that's arrogant to say, tallest Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am using my height. <laughs> we're not, we're not, there. we're not invaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no. I, I think you know, Simon. I agree with you. However, that's because you're supporting my argument. That's my modern tradition. My time modern tradition sides with yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, you know, it's going to we'll be great we'll watching see what comes them. around in, in episode eight. Yes, yes. Which and I will not see on opening night, but I will see. Great. One final note on on that final scene. Okay. Oh yes. Is, as we are shown, Luke. My favourite bit of scoring in the entire film is there is just a strain of the old imperial motif in the music as we see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mixed, which is so weird, but so fucking beautiful, mixed with, the, with Luke Skywalker's force theme. And as he turns around, to the, to the inch of movement, Paul just sort of turns as if sensing someone's presence. Looking around and lifting, throwing the hood back, just like friggin' Ben Kenobi. Yep, on Tatooine. And he's like, mm, "I'm Ben Skywalker. I'll take you to see Luke. <laughs> he's not far." His name. Oh, I haven't heard that name in some time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in exile, you know. All the great Jedi's do it. I haven't All heard the any names. Do it. It's sort of like a, you know, it's a thing. It's a thing. Fuck, he must be I, bored up there. I, I love the, well, I have love you the, seen his uh, Twitter account? I love, the, <laughs> yeah. I love the thing of, like, uh, when, when Ray hands over the lightsaber. She can point that girl, can't she? She does very straight arms. When she gives him the lightsaber, I love that someone's done a thing where it cuts back to Luke's face and she's got the subtitles. There was a hand, too. Did you bring the hand? <laughs> That's very clever. <laughs> That's very clever indeed. Great. Yeah. So thanks, guys. Star Wars. Yeah, thanks. I, I really enjoyed that. Fun. And, uh, I enjoyed I'm it too. Enjoyed. I'm glad we recorded it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad we recorded it. <laughs> Simon, that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't, a, that wasn't a, a critique of Simon. That was like, thank you, Simon, for no, no, no. It. I was, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I think that wraps us up quite nicely. It does. Mm. So you have been listening to World One Stage One. I have been Simon. I've been Jack, and I've been Rob. May the force be with you. Goodbye. Ciao.